So we don't please God by making extravagant uh, promises to God. We please God by believing in His promise to us. And uh, so I want to talk to you about faith today. Because that's what God wants. And so if I preach a message last week called God Doesn't Want That, I want to preach a message to you this week to tell you what God really wants and what it looks like. And I think this is going to help you. It's going to strengthen you and encourage you. I do want to ask you to pray for a family in our church, Harold and Phyllis Pendleton. Their son Luke uh, passed away this week suddenly out of nowhere. And so they've had, uh, they went to Atlanta and they've, it's just been a very difficult time. And uh, we, it's hard to talk about because I grew up with Luke and uh, I've known him for a long, long time. And uh, seeing him as a little boy, um, about my own son's age is when, probably when I met him, maybe even younger. And um, it's been a major part of my life. Just a couple weeks ago, Phyllis sent me a text and uh, Luke was in Atlanta. He had been listening to a sermon from Calvary and God was really dealing with his life. And uh, so I'm thankful that I know where Luke is with Jesus today, but it hurts, and uh, so pray for Harold and Phyllis and their family, and Angie and their family, and uh, it's a precious family to us, they've meant a lot to our church through the years, so be praying for them, and why don't we just go ahead and pray right now, so Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, we send the word of peace and comfort, no words can suffice right now, no words come together that help make any sense of this and so we just we just know we're hurting and we know they're hurting and we ask for your comfort help us God strengthen us strengthen this family as they walk through probably the most difficult season of their entire lives and help us as a church family to be there to pray to to reach out and uh, when we have an opportunity help us to just sit and listen hear their heart Help us to respond with grace and humility in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to jump down into verse 41. This is what the Bible says. It says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported. A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came on Elijah. And tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. How about that? I love that he says to Ahab, he says, you need to get out of here because this rain, if you don't, if you don't move, 
this rain that is intended to bless you is actually going to hurt you. It's actually going to make you, cause you to be stuck. <laughs> Here's the way God works. We must act on the sound we hear. Because if we wait until it starts raining, the thing that was supposed to bless us can hinder us. I want to talk to you today about what God wants. What God wants. So Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 18, hears from God. And God says to him, he says, it's going to rain. I'm going to send rain. And I love this because it reminds us that God is the one who makes it rain. <laughs> we are not in control. Are you thankful that you are not in control of the rain? I'm so thankful for that. And what that means also is it means that unless God makes it rain, then all of my effort doesn't mean anything. Because I can even plant seed, but if it doesn't rain, then the seed I planted in the ground will die. And so when I plant the seed, I must ask the God, the, the Bible said, the, the God of the rain. So the Bible says, ask God for rain in the time of rain. And, and it's an amazing thing that rain is seasonal, but God can also, because He is God, He can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. And I am thankful today that God doesn't just see my effort and say good luck, but God sees what I put in the ground and He promises that whatever I sow, I will reap. And that means if, 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 I, if I sow it and God says you will reap, that means that rain is coming in my life. Is there anybody in the room today thankful that rain is on its way? Rain is coming in my life. And rain signifies the blessing of God. And so Elijah gets himself ready. He goes down. He meets this man named Obadiah. He tells Obadiah to go get Ahab. And Ahab comes to meet him. And as he stands before Elijah, Elijah says to Ahab, he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Sound is important in the Bible because sound is an indicator that God is getting ready to move. Why? Because before you see him, you hear him. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says we live by faith and not by sight. In Genesis chapter 3 and 8, the Bible says there, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden before they ever saw him they heard him in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 12 Moses is writing and he says then the Lord spoke to you he's talking to Israel he, he says he spoke to you out of the fire and you heard the sound of words but you saw no form there was only a voice in Luke chapter 1 and verse 41, the Bible says that Mary shows up and she meets Martha. And when she greets Martha, the Bible says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, when they had gathered in that upper room on the day of Pentecost... 
They were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly, the Bible says, a sound came from heaven like the blowing of a mighty wind. Because before you ever see God in the natural, you will feel him in your spirit. You will hear him in your spirit. Isaiah said, the word of the Lord will come to you and he will whisper in your ear, this is the way, walk in it. I'm thankful for a God who speaks to me. I'm thankful for a God who is not silent. I am thankful for a God who is talking even now. By his spirit, he is speaking in my life. He's speaking. Sound is an indicator that God is getting ready to move. And when we hear God, it, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, he says, uh, now faith is, as he's writing, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love it because it says now faith, now faith, now faith, because I don't need faith when I see it. I need faith when I don't see it. I need now faith. I don't need faith when I get to heaven and I see streets of gold. I need faith now. Is anybody in the room like, I need a now kind of faith? Not a, I, I don't need a faith that comes after the blessing comes. I don't need a faith that comes as the rain is falling. And I'm like, yeah, I believe it. As raindrops are hitting my face and my chariot gets stuck in the mud because I didn't act on now faith. Now faith. Now faith. Faith is real to God. It's not immaterial. It's not ethereal. It's not, it's not just in the mind. It's not just a head game. It's not just words that we put together. It's, it not, it's not just a way of thinking. Faith is real to God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance is an important word when it comes to faith. Because that word substance means the real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists and which is tangible and it is a solid presence. That's what faith is to God. It's solid. It's material. It's got weight to it. Let me give you just some examples in in the Bible. In Mark chapter 2 and Luke chapter 5, the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, So faith is seen. God sees faith. Faith is measurable. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus talks about little faith. In Matthew 17 and 20, he talks about faith the size of a mustard seed. It's it's measurable. It's quantifiable. Third thought is faith is something that God can feel. It actually actually moves God. He can can feel it. In, In Luke chapter 8... Verse 46, Jesus is walking in a crowd and a lot of people are, you know, all over Jesus and they're touching Jesus and they're wanting something from Jesus. But the Bible says in the middle of all that, this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years crawls up and as she crawls up, she barely touches the hem of his garment. Jesus stops and he turns and he says, who touched me? And the disciples look at Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we're in a crowd right now. Everybody's touching you. And he said, no, this felt different. He said, I could literally feel as if virtue flowed out of my body. 
And he turns to this woman and he begins to minister to her and he looks at her and he says, your faith has made you whole. This was a faith that God himself felt and it moved him and it caused him to stop in his tracks and say, somebody touched me. Faith also has a quality to it. James 2 and 17, James says this, he says, thus also by faith itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. So there's, there's a difference between dead faith and a living faith, James says. And this faith comes to us. Again, Paul writes in Romans, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. Faith comes. That, that word comes just means comes out of, from. So faith comes from the word. I'm, I'm not... This is, this is what I want you to understand today. I'm not trying really hard to have faith. Faith does not look like me trying really hard to have faith. Faith comes out of, it comes from the word. So faith comes to me. It's imparted into my life from the word. So I don't have faith in my faith. I guess my faith wasn't strong. You've misapplied, misunderstood what faith actually is. You don't have faith in faith. I don't have faith in my ability to have faith. My faith comes from a word. So my faith is in a word from God. It's not in me. It's not even in my ability to believe it. It comes to me from a word. In other words, God is not expecting you to build your life on a word you have not received. So faith and faith is not like a wand I wave at my situation. Faith is a word that I stand on. So when Elijah says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain, he's saying that because a few verses earlier, God said, I will make it rain. So his, his, his confidence is not in his ability as a prophet. His confidence is in the word that he knows God spoke into his life. Come on, somebody needs to start building your life on a word. On a word. Faith is not a wand I wave. It's a word I stand on. So for Elijah, listen to me, for Elijah, it rained twice. Because the rain he heard was as real as the rain he felt. So here it is. The Bible, the word of God is what could be if we believed it. And he says, so faith comes to me by the word and by the hearing of the word and and. Here's the thing about hearing the word. If it's not the word, stop calling it faith. Stop calling your feelings faith. Stop elevating your opinion to the same level as the word. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, they went through this bullet point of issues. I'm like, they're like, so where do you, where do you side on these issues? I'm like, everything you just talked about, God has a word on it. I side with the word. (laughs) Hmm. 
We're Bible people. I was talking to someone recently, and they're like, you know, I just, I just don't know. I just feel like, and we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. I feel like you really need to go listen to Wednesday's message. Um, somebody was telling me one time, they were just like, man, it's just, they were asking me about a certain thing, and I was telling them, well, this is what the Bible says about your situation. And they're like, that's oh, just so oppressive. And I, and, and I look back at them, I said, without even thinking about it, I said, could it be that your feelings are the actual oppressor? Could it be that the thing you want is actually the thing oppressing you? Because it makes you believe that without it, you have no reason for living. But it didn't create you. Without God, there's no reason. So I said, I said, it's, it's probably not God oppressing you since God created you. And he knows why he created you. It's probably your feelings that are oppressing you. Because you have made your feelings into God. And your feelings... Whatever they are, whatever you want in your desires with your flesh, whether it's sexual or it's physical or it's material, whatever those things are, they will never satisfy you no matter how much you get of them. They'll always oppress you. Have you, have you ever found yourself like hearing something On the inside that doesn't match what you're seeing on the outside. Amen. <laughs> One honest person in the room. <laughs> I'll ask that again, give you all a chance to catch up. Have you ever been hearing something on the inside and the conditions that you see on the outside aren't what you're hearing on the inside? So Elijah says it's going to rain after a few years prior to this, declaring that there would be no rain. And now over three years later, he comes along and he says, it's going to rain now. And you can sense that he, he heard a word, but he's also struggling and wrestling with the tension Of fully believing what he just said. Because the Bible says he runs up to the top of a mountain. And he, he looks pretty desperate. The Bible says he falls to his knees. Falls to the ground and he puts his head in between his knees. I would say that's a desperate person. For you to be able to get in that type of position. I, I don't even understand how this is happening right now. But he's doing it. He's obviously... Very flexible as a prophet. But he's in this position that, that makes it look as if I said something, but I'm not totally sure about what I said. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek God so that I don't give up while 
My servant tells me seven times there's nothing. And I love this because this is just a matter of focus. And for some of you, you can't hear what God is saying because you, you don't have your head between your knees. You're too low. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he went up. For some of you, you need to go up. You need to go up a little bit higher. It, when, when you hear God say something to you and you go ahead and you give voice to what God has said to you, can I tell you, if you don't go to Carmel, if you don't find a place to pray, if you don't find a place to get your head between your knees or on your knees, you will stay on the ground with everybody else and everybody who doesn't believe it and everybody who's never seen it and everybody who knows your background and everybody knows your ability and everybody knows what it's been like for the past three and a half years will look at you and say you're crazy. So sometimes when you declare a word of God, you need to go off with God and say, I'm going to sit right here because I cannot, I cannot afford to be distracted. With everybody else who says, that isn't what it looks like to me. So the Bible says he goes up to the top of this mountain and he starts to pray and seek God. And then he sends his servant off. It's, it's wild, isn't it? That when God's word comes, it doesn't always, and can I say, almost never changes your situation immediately. It's wild we go to church. And we hear a word and we get pumped up. Maybe we even go to the altar and we make some declarations to God like, God, I'm coming back. I'm going to. And then the next day, it's like all hell breaks loose in our life. And we thought when we made that commitment, stuff was going to get better. No, sometimes when you make a commitment, the devil heard you and he's going to do everything he can to distract you from the commitment you made. Oh, man. So when he comes after you, take that as a sign that the thing you declared and the thing you heard is real. Because he's not coming after a word that doesn't matter. So he, he starts asking. He's like, hey, man, you see anything? He, he, he runs around corner. He looks. Uh, comes back. I don't see anything. Uh, waits a little bit. Go again. And he sends him seven times. Why? Because when God's word comes, remember, it doesn't always and almost never changes our situation immediately. The change begins with me. Because God wants me to experience rain in my spirit before I experience it in my world. Nothing seems to be happening in my situation, but something is stirring in my spirit. <laughs> you ever been there? Can't see it. As a matter of fact, he comes back to him and he's like, there's nothing there. <laughs> nothing there he doesn't understand that in the process called the water cycle there are some parts that are unseen I'm not a meteorologist I just went to fourth grade <laughs> I remember the water cycle right 
The major components of, water, of the water cycle are evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. So as water evaporates and it becomes a gas, you cannot see with your human eye that gas until it starts to condense and form a cloud. Just because you don't see clouds forming doesn't mean clouds are not forming. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. There is a period between the Old Testament and the New Testament of 400 years. During that 400 year period, it seems like God is doing nothing because God isn't actually speaking audibly to anyone on earth. But behind the scenes, God is setting things up so that when the Bible says in the New Testament, when the time had fully come and Jesus arrives on the scene, what had happened in the world was the world had came to a place geographically, economically, that the world was ready for the gospel to be preached because once the gospel was preached, the gospel needed to get to all the different corners of the earth. And in that 400-year time period, there were, there were ungodly kings developing a transportation system that would literally transport men and women all over the world to preach the gospel. And it seemed like for 400 years, God isn't doing anything. But I promise you, he is actively engaged at all times. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. And if he's not talking, that means he's in the background working something out for your good. As a matter of fact, when the people of God, they cry out for a deliverer. In the book of Exodus, the Bible says that God goes and he has a conversation with this man named Moses. Nowhere in the scripture, does it say that they cried out for help and God came and he talked to them and he calmed them down and he comforted them? No, he heard their cry and he immediately went and started talking to their deliverer. Could it be that maybe God isn't talking to you because he's talking to your deliverer? I just I came to tell somebody today who who cannot see what you hear. And even though it has taken a long time, if God said it, he will do it. Deuteronomy said his word will not return to him void, but it will accomplish the thing that he sent it to do. You can count on God's word. You can count on it. And then he comes back on the seventh time and the Bible says, hey, ah, I see something. It's, it's, it's not nothing, but it's not a lot. I see a cloud condensation starting to happen. I see a cloud rising from the sea, the size of a man's hand. First of all, this guy must have better vision than me. <laughs> Because I never look at a cloud in the sky and go, man, that's about the size of a man's hand. I feel like if it's about the size of a man's hand, I can't see it. That's how small it is. That's how it seems insignificant that it is. 
But I love Zechariah 4 and 10 where God says, Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. It's not nothing, but it's not much. It's not nothing, but it's not what I heard. And here's another level of faith that we have to begin to understand. There is a walk of faith where it looks like God is doing nothing. And then there is this part we begin to walk in faith where it looks like he's doing something, but it, the something he is doing isn't that much. And it's not what I heard. I heard abundance. I see a man's hand. I heard it was going to overwhelm us. But all I see is a man's hand. This is what faith looks like in the beginning. This is what starting out looks like. This is, this is what restoration in your marriage looks like. Some of you are like, you come to church, you hear a message, and you go back and you try to apply something you heard, and you're like, my marriage is going to turn around in a week? It took you 10 years to throw it into chaos and hell. It's going to take a few more days than seven to turn it around. This is what raising kids looks like. It seems like so many of the things that we do for our kids are insignificant. I, 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 I look back over my kids' lives and, and, and when they say things like, now I don't realize how much those little things that I did mean to them now. Like my daughter posted something a, a while ago. She, she said, I just want to thank you. She, she didn't say thank you for all the shoes you bought me and all the gifts you got me at Christmas. She said, I just want to thank you that every time I needed you, you were there. And, and I didn't, and in those moments, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. It was, it was the size of a man's hand, but, but showing up actually turned into a storm. Showing up actually turned into an abundance. Just, just keep showing up. Just keep being there. Just keep doing the small things. Just keep changing the diapers. Just keep, just keep doing it. And when it seems insignificant and it seems small, just step back and realize that these are actually steps of faith. This is actually a process that God is using to bring forth the abundance in my life. It looks small now, but it's going to be an abundant storm in the future. This is what getting out of debt looks like. You pay off that little credit card. You're like, you finally, that little $1,000. Remember the first time we paid off a credit card that had $1,000 debt on it? I was like, took me two years. <laughs> All the spare change I could find, and we're just paying towards it and paying towards it. It was like a $25 minimum payment, and we were making $50 payments, and we paid it off. And two years later, we looked at each other like, we're debt free. <laughs> We might live in a single wide, but we are debt free. Baby steps. This is what it feels like. It feels like, oh man, this is, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's not nothing, but it's something. It's the size of a man's hand. It's the, but it's the small adjustments that will make massive differences in our life. The small adjustment of just taking control my thought life. 
That seems like a small thing, but it's a massive adjustment because Proverbs tells me, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I think we spend so much time trying to adjust our behavior without adjusting our thinking. I got to get back to the, when that thought comes, I got to deal with that thought. That's why the Bible says, take captive every thought and bring it under submission to the word. So I start with my thoughts and then it starts to affect my behavior and, and it even starts to affect my words because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I can, if I can make the small adjustment of taking captive my thoughts, then I can start to control what I say. And what I say is having a massive impact on my life. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hebrews says, by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm actually framing the world that I live in by the words that are coming out of my mouth. In the same way that that caterpillar actually creates the, uh, the, the cocoon that it's going to, to hibernate in and become a, a butterfly in from, from the, the silk that comes out of its mouth. That's how you are creating the world you live in. By what's coming out of your mouth. So the way I affect that is I start to deal with my thoughts. It's a small adjustment, but it makes a massive difference. So if I don't like what I see, I need to start changing what I say. But I can't really change what I say and start, I start, until I start dealing with how I think. And I need to learn the power of moving on just a little. Just a little bit of information. God comes to Abraham, he says, I just want you to leave. Hey, uh, follow up. Where do you want me to go to? No answer. Like, what day you want me to leave on? What time? Uh, like, just directionally. North. I don't even need any city. South. Just need you to leave not a whole lot of information. Matter of fact, that's very little information. But Abraham, the father of the faith, learned how to move on a little. And some of us are waiting on too much evidence to move. We're waiting for the ground to be wet and our chariot to be stuck. John chapter 21, 6, Jesus comes to the disciples. They've been fishing all night long. Jesus shows up. And he's like, hey, uh, hey, kids, have you caught any fish all night long? They're like, no. And it's cool because Jesus like, has like a fish dinner cooking on the, <laughs> on the shore. Y'all got any fish out there? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> In other words, Jesus is constantly reminding us, I've already got cooking what you're fishing for. I've already got what you're looking for. But the Bible says, Jesus looks at him and he says, Hey, uh, why don't you take your net and put it down on the right side of your boat? As opposed to the left side? This is not the Titanic. This is a little bitty fishing boat. 
This is not a massive move. The right side, you say. As if the left side that's three feet <laughs> over here. Is that going to make a big difference? Oh, it's going to make a massive difference. So the Bible says they just obey and they just throw their net into the water on the right side and immediately a catch a fish so large that they couldn't even bring it up starts coming into the boat. It's a small adjustment, but it made a massive difference. This cloud is a big deal. That's why Elijah said, okay, it's time to move. He said, Ahab, you got to get going. Because if you don't get out in front of this, this same storm that was intended to bless us is going to cause us to be stuck. And so him and Ahab, they get to moving. And Ahab is on the chariot. But the Bible says that that Elijah, he's so fired up by this little bitty cloud that he picks up his garment and he starts to carry it and he starts to run. And the Bible says that he outran those horses pulling that chariot all the way back to Jezreel. Some of y'all need to celebrate the small thing. Tennessee fans, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of y'all need to celebrate that last year we lost to Pitt, but this year we beat Pitt on their home field in overtime. They were the higher seed. We were the underdog. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to learn how to, in this moment, celebrate the small beginnings in your life you need to celebrate that little bitty cloud that you see like it's the storm that you've been waiting for some of y'all y'all need that same faith that a tennessee fan has every this is it baby we got a new coach we just beat tennessee tech we're one and oh we're gonna do this Imagine having that much faith in a God who already determined that the outcome is secure. The victory is all. You're rejoicing for a team you know is going to let you down. Some of y'all need to give God some praise because he knows. You know he will not let you down. He will not fail you. And if you put your confidence in his word. You'll see what he spoke to you. Come on, stand on your feet this morning. I need somebody to shout abundance. 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 I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Abundance. God, we are so grateful today for your word. Help us to remember that the word of God is what could be if we believed it. The New Testament says that there was a group of people who heard the word of God, but it made no difference in their lives because they didn't mix it with faith. So when God 
takes the time to speak to you, when God takes the time to throughout history preserve a book called the Holy Bible, and he delivers it to you, put your confidence in it. And I'm praying today that God would help us get comfortable and find joy in doing the same things over and over. Do you see anything? No. Anything now? No. And sometimes church can feel that way. Uh, I go and I'm like, anything? No. <laughs> sometimes I go to work and I think, anything going to change? Not this week. Good in my marriage. and I, Anything going to change? Not this time. And I keep going and I keep going and I keep going. If I have a word from God, I keep going back. And it doesn't matter if it's seven times or 70 times. I keep going back because I've put my confidence in his word and not my feelings. My confidence in his word and not my circumstance. My confidence in his word and not what I see. So God help us to get comfortable in finding joy in doing the same thing over and over again. Taking steps and taking ground slowly and growing over time part of the reason Jesus was 30 years old before he began his public ministry is because Luke said that during that time he was growing in stature he was growing in wisdom he was growing in favor with God and with man and if Jesus needed to grow up if Jesus it took 30 years to get Jesus prepared for his ministry come on we have no reason to rush God. No reason to rush. So whatever your process is with us, God, help us to trust you when we see nothing. Help us to trust you when we see something, but it seems insignificant. And help us to move on a little so that we don't get behind the rain. So that when it does rain, we don't have the capacity to receive what you're pouring out. Help us to prepare for the things we've been praying for as if they are going to happen. And I feel like God is saying in this room today, get ready. Because if you planted seed and I promised that you would reap what you sow, rain is coming. But I also want to challenge you. Are you ready for the rain? Are you ready for abundance? Are you ready for what the rain does to your life? Are you ready for how abundance changes the people around you? Are you ready for how abundance changes your perspective so help us God every head bowed every eye closed if you're in this room today and you would say Rob I've, I've never put my confidence in Jesus to save my life and, and today I want to put my faith in him it's not just a mental ascent to a higher power listen to me you're not just saying there is a God 
No, 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 no. You are saying there is a God and God revealed himself in his son Jesus and his son Jesus lived a sinless life and died in my place. And that same son Jesus was buried in the ground for three days and that son Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven and is coming again. So I'm not just assenting to the fact that there is a higher power. No, I'm, I'm putting my faith in the fact that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the full representation of God himself. And without him, there is no way to heaven. So if you're in here today and you would say, man, I need to put my confidence in Jesus. Maybe you're doing this for the first time. You've never put faith in Jesus or maybe you're here today and you've been walking your own direction and you want to come home today and you want to declare again you want to recommit your heart to God I'm telling you God's heart's always been committed to you but maybe you want to recommit your heart to God today if that's you I'm going to count to three and when I do I just want you to throw your hand up in the air and we're going to pray and I believe in this moment God is going to do something supernatural in your life so if you need to put your faith in Jesus today one two three throw your hand up in the air Throw it up. I see you, sir. I see you. I see you there. I see you. I see you here in the middle. I see you. I see you over here. Oh, I see all these hands. Come on. The Father sees them. <laughs> the Father sees you. He sees you. Come on, church. Let's all pray this prayer with those who lifted their hands. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you gave your life for me. I give you my life. Take all of it. Have your way. Use me for your glory. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you made that decision today, we'd love to connect to you. You can do a couple things. You can text the word welcome to the number 423-443. 4339 and uh, we can connect with you that way or we'll have a altar team a prayer team up front who would love to meet you and talk with you also our prayer team is here if you need prayer for anything you need God to move in a situation in your life we'd love to pray and agree with you thank you so much for being here today we'll see you soon God bless you